0: Welcome to The Roger Franklin Williams Show. News, views, and interviews, important to you. And now, here's Roger. And this is my opinion.
1: Welcome to The Roger Franklin Williams Show. A program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. It's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. And of course, on our program, The Roger, Franklin and William Show, we do that from a perspective that honors and respects America's founding traditions of God, family, and country. Have a great show for you today. We'll get right into it later in our program. We'll hear from Matt Oshesky, who has been on our show before. He, He's most recently announced that he will be a candidate for the state uh, legislature, for the state representative as a Republican, and that's an area that covers a lot of West Orange County and beyond. And we'll talk um, to Matt about, about that race, why he's entered the race, what he feels the major issues are, and what his objective and agenda would be if he were to be elected. Right now, though, we're pleased, in just a moment, we'll go to a Good friend who's doing great work in the Apopka uh, area, helping youngsters uh, with self-defense training. Matt Hutchinson, who is a fourth-degree master, and he's the owner of Central Florida Tang Soo Do. Before we go to Matt, I want to let you know, of course, remind you, and let you know uh, anybody out there who's looking for a place to take that needs to find a place that'll care for their car, truck, SUV, or other vehicle. With old school honesty, integrity, and dependability, I urge you to get over to see Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. They're located 1908 South, Os- South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka, and make sure you tell them Roger Franks and Williams sent you. You'll hear more about them later in the program. But right now, let's go to Master Matthew Hutchinson. Matt, thanks for coming over.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, Roger. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to be here.
1: Yeah, I know about the great work you do in the Apopka community in a variety of ways. You're very active in the community in, 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 in a you know, number of positive ways. But also, I want to talk to you specifically right now about Central Florida Tang Sudo And just tell us about, about your operation and what you do there.
0: Well, I've been teaching karate. in about your school. <laughs> yeah, I've been teaching karate in Apopka for probably about 15 years. And we were at the Fran Carlton Center just teaching on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So we were more in a club status. Uh, kind of with the downturn of the economy, I had an opportunity when Mr. Cooper built the Cooper Sports Complex to take over 4,200 square feet in there, and so it's been quite a uh, difference from teaching at a rec center where we're full time now. We're open Tuesday through Saturday. We have classes starting five fifteen for little kids, uh, all the way up until about nine thirty in the evening. We teach adults, so.
1: And tell us, tell us about your, your background in, in, in karate, how you got started, and, and what led you to want to make it a, a big part of your life and, and to teach others.
0: Right. Well, I, I went to Troy University in Troy, Alabama. And as a freshman, they offered a class through um, ROTC, which I wasn't a part of, but they gave me an exemption, and I was able to join the class. Um, so not only did I get a bachelor's degree at Troy, but I ended up getting my black belt as well. So. It was more just something to do, to stay in shape, and just uh, a kind of a recreation hobby for me. And several years later, as I progressed up through the ranks, um, like I said, with the, with the downturn of the economy, I decided to take a hobby and turn it into a career. And what was it that led you
1: to the sport of karate? What was it that you know, really sparked your passions?
0: You know, I think um, watching movies in the 70s, watching Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee, and um, there was always uh, a, a desire to do it. However, my my mother was, uh, no, you're not going to do that because it's violent. And when I left home and made my own decisions, I basically uh, found a wonderful organization called the World Tang Pseudo Association, um, invited my parents to come watch a tournament, and they were um, delightfully pleased at the camaraderie and the fellowship that uh, it wasn't wasn't the, the same thing that they thought it was from the 1970s.
1: And you're listening to The Roger Frank and William Show. Right now, we're speaking with Master Matthew Hutchinson. He is the owner of Central Florida Tang Soo Do Karate School in the Cooper Complex in the Apopka area. And um, now, Matt, can you just, what would you like for people to know about the sport of karate that they might not know? And, you know, maybe even correct some misperceptions like maybe your, your parents had.
0: Right. Um, well, for one, our organization, the World Tank Sudo Association, is about 150,000 members strong globally. So we have schools um, pretty much uh, in every continent except Antarctica. Um, and the perception of it being violent is totally the opposite. It, it's uh, a brotherhood, it's a fellowship, and it's anything but violent. We teach self defense in order not to have to use it. It's in a. A worst-case scenario is when you're going to want to have to use your um, your karate skills.
1: Now, it might, be the perf- not, might not be the perfect timing for this question, but I mean, I'm curious. A lot of our listeners I'm probably are curious. Ha- have you actually ever had to use karate as a self-defense?
0: Well, we use it every day, but we don't use the physical aspect of it. And and actually, that's one reason why you have to train um, so you don't end up in a physical confrontation. Um, and so ultimately, when you when you continue to train, your senses are um, a little bit more astute and keen to where you're not going to wind up getting in a, a situation. You're more than likely you're going to be able to just walk away from it. That's our ultimate uh, goal is to not get in that confrontation. But if you do have to defend yourself, we're going to teach you how to defend yourself properly. And that goes for little kids. We start with four-year-olds, and we're going to teach them how to stay safe and how to get away from a bad guy how to bring a lot of attention to themselves if, um, if somebody's trying to do something bad to them.
1: Now, have, you know, from what I understand, uh, Matt, you're, there's also a, a very strong, powerful, uh, philosophical uh, under underlay, if you will, to, to karate.
0: Yeah, and that's another misperception. Uh, I'm a man of faith, and a lot of people think that the uh, martial arts, because they're tied mostly into uh, Korea, Japan, and China, that they're Buddhist. Um, we basically, as a as a Christian man, um, I'm able to practice martial arts and improve my my walk. Um, we've got ten degrees of black belt, and in our particular organization, the highest you can achieve is ninth degree. Tenth degree represents perfection. So through um, trying to become uh, better and better, the highest you'll ever be able to get is ninth degree because we're we're not perfect. So.
1: And can you talk about, um, you said you've got kids as, as young as four years old that come to you. Um, kind of what is the the process of, of working with kids that young?
0: Yeah, so at four years old, there's only so much karate you can teach a kid. I, I teach them a half hour. I go to eight different schools in Apopka as well and um, teach the young kids. But basically, I'm trying to teach them motor skills, and I'm trying to teach them how to stay safe. So if a, if a guy, a grown adult, grabs a little four-year-old kid, it's virtually impossible for him to... To pull away. So what I'm going to teach them is I'm going to teach them to make a lot of noise. I'm going to teach them to kick them in the shin and just not to give up, ultimately. So um, we've actually had some kids that have been put in a compromised situation and have been successful.
1: That's great. Would you like to share one of those stories with us, maybe? Or uh, could you share one? Or
0: There's, there's endless, no names, of course stories. Yeah, no, no names, little kids and stuff. Um, you know, when I get kids, and I really when I get parents to come to me and say, hey, the lessons that you're teaching the kids are really sticking. And here's an example. That's what makes it so rewarding to, to be able to teach um, the martial arts. And, and we just keep doing the same thing. And then what, some of the other things that we do, we do a lot of goal setting. Um, so at Orange Belt, Uh, After you've been in for a while, whether you're a a youth or whether you're an adult, you have to set goals. You have to reassess those goals at brown belt, and then once again at black belt. And um, so, so the martial arts—the word dough in Tang Tzu Do means way of life. Okay, so um, we're basically just going to try to encompass and embody that, and while you're training.
1: Glad you're joining us today, friends. This is the Roger Franklin Williams Show. We're speaking right now with Master Matthew Hutchinson who's the owner of Central Florida Tang Soo Do Karate School in the Apopka area, located in the Cooper Sports Complex. Also want to let you know and give a shout-out to our friend, Dr. Patrick St. Germain, St. Germain Chiropractic and BurnFatOrlando.com. Dr. Patrick St. Germain has been voted best chiropractor for now five years in a row, and that's because Dr. Patrick St. Germain has worked with athletes at all levels, from elite high school and college athletes, to professional athletes, to Olympic champions. So, when you're in pain, call Doctor Saint Germain at eight five five. When in pain, that's eight five five. When in pain. it's back to Master Matthew Hutchinson of Central Florida Tang Sudo. Now, Matt, you, we were just most recently talking about the young students that you have, starting as early as four years old. You know, how? What, what are the other age groups that you have? I think and, and my how far student, up age-wise do your students go?
0: Uh, well, we encourage everybody. Um, We do a little Tai Chi aspect as well. We call it Qigong. Um, But I have a 62-year-old man that started a couple years ago. Um, Great man. Uh, He was a state champion wrestler in Pennsylvania many years ago. Um, He's he's now a brown belt at 62 years old, so should be testing for his black belt in about another two years. So we take every age. Uh, There's... The sky's the limit. Even you, Roger. You're welcome to come on down and do your free trial class. I'll come down and see you. All right.
1: Absolutely. And now, Matt, we got just about a, a, a little over about a minute to two minutes remaining. What else would you like to share with our, our listeners?
0: Well, um, I want to. I'm so blessed to be in a popco What a great community! You mentioned uh, Sheeler Automotive earlier. I'm, I'm there every Wednesday. I get my cars taken. It's just a great community to be a part of and to be teaching. I want to thank Mr. Cooper for building the Cooper Sports uh, Plex to where I can have a place to um, to teach, and obviously all my students. We just um, encourage the community of Apopka and the surrounding areas to come out and, and give us a shot. Um, it's more than just kicks and punches. We truly have um, a, a great environment there, uh, a wholesome, wonderful, fun environment. And that's the main thing too, Roger. If you're not having fun doing karate, you're not going to want to keep doing it. For me, fun is, is hardcore kicking and punching and um, maybe a little bit of pain, but for a little kid, it's still totally the opposite. They want to have fun. So um, even if you don't want to join, I come recommend that you you watch a class. It's uh, pretty entertaining from all all different levels. From the little kids, we call them tiny tigers, all the way up to our golden dragons, which sounds, are uh, senior citizens. Sounds like a great great environment. Yeah, thanks for being here to, to share about it. Absolutely. This. Yep. Um, and like I said, the organization I'm with has been tremendous. I tested actually for fifth degree down in Argentina, but it, it's afforded me an opportunity to travel all over the world. I uh, went to Sweden last November and was a guest there. Argentina, I'm going to Quito, Ecuador in August, and uh, we'll be teaching there. So it's been a great vehicle uh, to see the world as well.
1: And before you go, uh, what um, just tell people
0: where the Cooper Com- uh, Sports Complex Cooper is. Cooper Sports Complex is located on Bradshaw, um, pretty much at the intersection of 441 and Bradshaw. If you take a left where the new Wawa is, go over the railroad tracks, you can't miss it. Uh, it's a tremendous sports complex. If you don't do karate, basically they still have their gymnastics in there with uh, My Gym Adventures. They have some baseball in there. Yeah,
1: our friend Brian King's over there exactly. running baseball academy.
0: Uh, Najee's running a soccer program out of there, uh, volleyball, you name it. So uh, it's a great place to be. They've got dance upstairs, and you can't miss me. Uh, i got four windows. I'm the first person you're going to see when you walk in there.
1: Thank you for being here, Master Matthew Hutchinson of Central Florida, Tang Sudo. Well, friends, we're going to go to our first break. We'll be right back in a moment on The Roger Franklin Williams this
0: Show. Welcome back to The Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Welcome back
1: to The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Great to be with you. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you as... Join us as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. And we speak about those issues from a perspective that honors and respects America's founding traditions of God, family, country. Hope you're enjoying the show today. In just a moment, we're going to be joined by our next guest, Mr. Bobby Oshevsky. And he's a candidate for the Florida legislature in a special election that's coming up soon. And we're going to hear all about that in just a moment. Before we do, I want to remind you about our friend Vito Fira and his wonderful company, Network Sound and Video. Network Sound and Video is where memories can last forever. Network Sound and Video restores film, VHS, and all camcorder tapes and can convert them to DVD and digital. Network Sound and Video also restores record albums, reels, and cassettes to CD and digital. And Network Sound and Video can scan photos and slides and create DVD videos for every occasion. You can find out more at NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. That's NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. Easy, simple to remember, or you could go drop by and see them in person. And Vito encourages you to drop by and see them in person. They're conveniently located in Longwood on Ronald Reagan Boulevard in the Big Tree Office Park area, specifically in the Merritt Center. That's Network Sound and Video, and you can find them at NetworkSoundAndVideo.com. Now let's go to Bobby Oshesky, candidate for the Florida House of Representatives. Bobby, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, Roger. Let's tell us about this um, opportunity for this in this special election, which you have thrown your hat into the ring, to be a candidate on the Republican side. Um, just tell us about how you know, the scenario. Uh, you know how did this come about? When is the election? Those kinds of things.
2: Well, we have a special election coming up on the Republican primary on August fifteenth. So obviously, we just have a month and a half uh, to get going here. Uh, but the exciting news is, uh, you know, for me being a, a former elected official, as a you know elected to two terms as a Winter Garden commissioner, uh, just coming up a little short with almost forty seven percent of the vote in Orange County Commission District One in November. Uh, we feel this was just, uh, you know, maybe a sign from above. Who, who would have thought that Eric Eisenhower would uh, resign his seat uh, to be appointed a, a judge here in the state of Florida? So that's how this came about. And uh, the entire Florida House District 44 is within uh, Orange County District 1. So we feel uh, outstanding uh, where we are, uh, particularly with our name, ID, and our service already in the community, already having walked every uh, you know neighborhood. In the House District 44 and we're doing that again now, uh, we have a, a, just a wonderful uh, opportunity uh, to have been endorsed by Congressman uh, Daniel Webster and uh, Congressman Webster never endorses in and uh, races, and so we are truly honored to have uh, you know his endorsement in this race. and additionally too, when we announced I had over thirty elected officials locally, including uh, the mayors of Windermere. A Winter Garden, a Coe Mayor Gary Broom, Mayor John Reese, Mayor Rusty Johnson, as well as the entire Windermere Town Council. Uh, so we feel very, very good. And uh, and uh, you know, heading into that, it's all about relationships up in Tallahassee and what we can do in working with your fellow legislatures and um, and uh, being able to get things done for your district and being an advocate. And uh, you know, because of my reputation of already you know promoting. Uh, the city of Winter Garden and, and West Orange County, I've been very fortunate enough to have uh, the endorsement of the immediate Florida uh, House Speaker Steve Christofoli and also uh, former Senate President Mike Gerardopoulos, both here from the uh, central Florida area. So we feel real good on uh, August 15th. We're working hard. Uh, we're knocking on doors. It's been extremely positive. And uh, we just look forward to be able to serve our hometown community, a community that I've lived in uh, for all, close to 40 years now. So we're uh, very excited to represent District 44
1: up in Tallahassee. And we're speaking with Mr. Bobby Oshevsky. He's a candidate for the Florida House of Representatives in this special election that'll be taking place in House District 44 on August the 15th due to the resignation of Representative Eric Eisnagel, who has been appointed to a judgeship. Now, Bobby, can you talk about and you touch a little bit on it? But well, first of all, t- t- can you define uh, more specifically the the boundaries of the district so our listeners will know that? Of course, you know it's you have mentioned Okoy, Windermere, Winter Garden area, West Orange County. But uh, what are how far does the the, the district reach geographically? Like I said
2: it's it's pretty much exactly Orange County Commission District One. Uh, the only we have all of Doctor Phillips, uh, Windermere, uh, Horizon West, Dotha. Uh, Williamsburg, uh, we have South of Fifty uh, Colonial, uh, South of Fifty Winter Garden, South of Fifty Ocoee. Uh and then we have about uh, about a third of the Hunters Creek. And so, like I said, it's the you know the same district, and uh, it's where I, I grew up in the Dr. Phyllis Windermere area my whole life. My family's been there their whole life, uh, my whole life, I should say. And um, obviously, now live in uh, Winter Garden, serving as a you know two term commissioner, and so it's uh, you know the heart of uh, West Orange County.
1: speaking with Bobby Oshefsky on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. He's a candidate for the Florida legislature. There's a special election coming up on August 15th in West Orange County. Now, now Bobby, what would be your uh, objectives? What would, say, be two or three of your primary objectives if you were to be um, elected and, and you go to Tallahassee?
2: Well, I think that, you know, the first and foremost is, like, this is my home. I am only running because I have a servant's heart. I'm not looking to, you know, uh, you know run to serve the special interest. I'm not, you know, other people aren't, you know, convincing me or prodding me to run. This is who I am. It's about, you know, love of community and community service. And I think we need to, uh, one of my top priorities is what we need to do is make sure we represent our hometown values and priorities, you know, up in Tallahassee. And that's, uh, you know, making sure that we grow our local economy. And create jobs, and that's you know eliminating job crippling regulations and you know government red tape, and making sure that we can you know cut taxes for businesses and, and residents alike to make sure we have more money in our pocketbook that so we can uh, you know provide for our family. And then when we look at our hometown values, we need to make sure we're investing in our local schools and give our teachers you know increased uh, performance pay, and then you know and protect our. You know, local economies. We need to make and our local economies by making sure we're investing in education, you know, for the future. And and you know, my my mom has just retired after thirty years of Orange County Public Schools, which I'm a product of at Dr. Phillips High School. My wife is currently an Orange County Public Schools teacher in Horizon West. And so we need to make these decisions that are going to benefit our community, not just for today, but for decades down the line by investing in education, investing in uh, you know, creating our local economy and jobs. So eventually, we can reduce all this wasteful spending to make sure that we have a return on our investment. Because I think all of us, when we do our budgets for our own family and our businesses, we want to make sure that all the money that we spend is actually showing a return on our investment. And that's the one thing that you know I will provide up in Tallahassee, being an advocate, you know, for House District Forty Four to represent our hometown values and priorities, and you know, advocating for the unique charm and feel of our neighborhoods and communities.
1: Friends listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. We're glad you're joining us. It's great to be with you today. We're speaking with Mr. Bobby Oshefsky. There's an election coming up, a special election for the Florida House of Representatives. It's going to be on August the 15th. And Bobby Oshefsky is a candidate in that race on the Republican side in a Republican primary. It's a special election. We'll go back to Bobby Oshevsky in just a moment. Right now, I want to give you a word from our friends over at Porky's Original Barbecue in Apopka. You know, we've been telling you about the Sheriff Kevin Berry Feast for Four, which, of course, is, a, is one pound of spare ribs, a half chicken, a half pound of pork, four, four large sides, and four pieces of garlic toast, all for just thirty seven forty nine. Today, I want to let you know about the Porky's Hump Day Special. It's only available every Wednesday, so mark your calendar. And it's not on the menu, so you have to ask for it. But it's the best lunch value in Central Florida. It's Porky's Famous Pulled Pork Sandwich. A side and a drink for just six seventy five. That's right. Porky's Pulled Pork Sandwich. A side and a drink, six seventy five every Wednesday, all day long on Wednesday. Only at Porky's Original Barbecue Apopka. It's not on the menu. You have to ask for it. Get over and tell them that you want the Porky's Hump Day Special and tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Porky's also caters, and you can find out more about that at Porky'sApopka.com. Porky'sApopka.com. In fact, they not only cater, they specialize in, in it, and they do a, do a better job than anybody else that you could get to cater your next event. PorkiesApopka and of course they're located right in the heart of downtown Apopka on two fifty six East Main Street, which is also Highway four forty one. Now back to Bobby Oveshsky and Bob. Before we go to break, get about two to three minutes, and I'd like to ask you now. You you served on the Winter Garden you know, commission, city commission, Can you, what were some of the accomplishments that you had there that you'd like to share and, and that you uh, feel particularly good about?
2: Well, the, the, the one thing uh, representing the city of Wintergarden, I had the uh, the pleasure of representing our uh, city on a number of uh, boards throughout the region and the state. And one thing everyone always asked us, you know, what was in our special sauce? Because, you know, we've really come a long way uh, in the city of Winter Garden with seeing the development, particularly of our, you know, uh, historic downtown area on Plant Street. And I what we're what I'm most proud of is the fact that uh, you know politics is really a team sport, and you have to work together and you know in my time on the commission, I think about ninety nine percent of our votes were unanimous and and I think that's what the key is is we had a good team a good vision all working together making sure that we had a great product that our community could be proud of for decades One of the things that that we were able to do the last two years and um, uh, that I served on the Winter Guard Commission, we have the highest property value increase of all cities and in, in, in Orange County. And I think that shows, you know, that there's the results are in the data and the numbers that, you know, the homeowners' values are increasing because we're doing the right things within the city of Wintergard. I think too, um what we were able to do is we really haven't uh you know, as a Winter Garden Commissioner, we haven't picked I have not picked winners and losers. Uh you know, we invest in things that, you know, will make everyone uh, you know, better. And obviously, you know, we had the garden theater come in, we had the splash pad come in, we've had other infrastructure projects come in, in uh, particularly right by City Hall that's now, um, you know, the Plant Street Market and, and Cricket Can Brewery, uh, brewery. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we invested in infrastructure that any business and everyone can benefit from. And I think that shows you a catalyst of, um, of, of, you know, what can be done when, you know, you're trying to have a high tide to raise all the boats in the community. Uh, reason, one of the last major projects that I uh, you know, voted on is we have a parking garage now on uh, right behind of Plant Street, uh, right behind the Garden Theater. And I think that's just a great example of being proactive and working with businesses, working with residents, working with neighbors, working with the whole community to get a landmark that fits the unique charm and feel of that community, but also serve as an economic development catalyst. And since we've done that, We've had increased uh, you know, projects come into the city of Warner Garden, not only in restaurants and, and shopping, but also in commercial projects for office buildings and residential. And that's something that's never been yep, done yep. before.
1: We gotta jump in and take the day. We'll be right back with Bobby Oshevsky on the Roger Franklin Williams show. Please stay with us.
2: And this is my turn.
0: Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Central Florida's connection to news, views, and interviews. Important to you and this is my And now back to the studio. Here's Roger Franklin Williams. Yes. Welcome back
1: to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Great to be with you today. Speaking with Mr. Bobby Oshevsky. He's a candidate for the Florida legislature. There's a special election in House District number 44 that covers West Orange County. And um, we'll go back to Bobby Oshesky in just a moment. before we do, I want to let you know about our friends over at Florida Door Solutions. Do you have garage door problems? Florida Door Door Solutions has your solution. Florida Door Solutions carries all the best brands in the garage door industry, and they service all types and brands of garage doors. They also, whether you're commercial or residential, you can find them at fladoor.com. That's fladoor.com. Or just give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR. That's 866-FLA-DOOR. And tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Now back to Mr. Bobby opshevsky candidate for the Florida legislature in the special election for House District Number 44, coming up on August 15th. Now, Bobby, I'd like to shift a little bit. Well, one more thing about the winter, your service on the Winter Garden City Commission. There was a, an issue that came up, and I'd actually meant to communicate with you off air uh, about it, but um, we'll just talk about it right now, and I'm not 100% clear on all the very uh, specific details, but it was a religious freedom issue, of course, which is one of my, if not my you know, top you know, hot button issue, and if I understood it correctly, and you know, set me straight if I'm wrong, there seemed to be a, a, an uh, an effort or initiative, an attempted initiative on in Winter Garden, on the Winter Park Garden Commission, by some outside group to, I guess, um, inhibit uh, religious freedom, which I would, you know, also characterizes being able to prayer, me, pray at meetings, and you uh, you oppose that that um, you know effort to uh, you know inhibit religious freedom. Am I am I getting that right? And can you uh, share shed some light on that for us?
2: Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm sorry. I, yeah, as you can tell, I get real passionate about talking about my my community. So sorry about running a little long there on your heartbreak. But um, you know, we had uh, recently a, an atheist group. Uh, you know, come to the city of Winter Garden. Our, our mayor was uh, having a bad day and asked someone to leave, and that uh, video was shared throughout the nation. And so we got quite a bit of uh, hate mail and hate phone calls uh, when that happened, and that led to a special meeting coming to where we would be removing a prayer from the city of Winter Garden uh, commission meetings to open up the prayer. And then what, he, what we had done previously was each one of us, as the mayor or the commissioners, would just uh, offer up uh, an indication. And then uh, when this happened, uh, uh, the special meeting was called, and uh, on whether or not to keep the prayer. And uh, when the meeting started, uh, I immediately uh, made a motion to uh, you know keep uh, the prayer in the uh, in the public meeting, uh, adopting policies that were aligned with the city of Orlando and the, and the Orange County government that had four religious uh, leaders or non-religious leaders uh, or non-faith to have a rotation of people from uh, you know around the community. Uh, to come and give the opening indication again, basically matching what was done in the city of Orlando and Orange county government, and I made the motion, and I heard crickets. It was not seconded, so it died and then uh, unfortunately, that day, we voted to eliminate prayer from uh, the meeting. However, about uh, you know I, I would say my recollection could be off about six to eight months, nine months later uh, because of backlash in the local community that was reintroduced at a commission meeting in the city of Winter Garden. And what we adopted was basically the same um, motion that I originally made. That wasn't um, that wasn't uh, you know seconded and died. But I'm you know very very proud to say that I'm the only Winter Garden commissioner that stood up for the you know the, the Constitution and uh, freedom of uh, religion.
1: And what kind of feedback did you personally get get from that?
2: Um, positive and or, it or negative? Really, the in feedback general- well, I mean, it was positive, obviously from the, from the local community and then the faith based community. That 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 was extremely you know, extremely positive. But, you know, the feedback, there is definitely an effort from around the country on those that, you know, maybe want to eliminate any kind of mention of religion. And, you know, that was pretty vicious and, you know, pretty forceful. I think all of us, the mayor, the commissioners, all of us got the, you know, phone calls and emails. But to me, you know, this is about our local community and what we, you know, what we, you know, believe and stand for. So it was very easy because, I mean, all, you know, any elected official has to put their hand on the Bible and vote to defend the Constitution of the United States, uh, and that's what I did. And so that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very, very proud of that, and that's uh, something that I look forward to continuing uh, to do to advocate for, uh, you know, the religious freedom up in Tallahassee.
1: No, I commend you for your, for your efforts there. Yeah, I made, I've certainly made note of it, and I know a lot of other people did as well. And, um, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that little more in just a second. Friends, you're listening to The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Our guest is Mr. Bobby Oshesky. There's a special election for the Florida House of Representatives coming up on August 15th in West Orange County. Bobby Oshevsky is a candidate for the Republican nomination in that election. Yeah, just before we move that on from that topic, now I really appreciated your efforts there, um, Bobby, because that's that's one of my, as I said, one of my hot button issues, and it's it's so frustrating because this whole First Amendment freedom of religion uh, issue is the the opposition to freedom of religion is a complete red herring. But uh, thanks to you, know, successful efforts by the left, as you, and you were you, know, you got the brunt of it, obviously, um, uh, by standing up for freedom of religion, uh, has been very successful in turning the, the first our First Amendment upside down on its head to the point where now there are you know, many people throughout the country who who don't even understand the the the, the objective of the First Amendment, which is um, to allow I'd say wholesale freedom of religion for people to pray, express their religious beliefs you know, carte blanche anywhere they want to. Um, that's been completely, uh, and now we've actually, um, you know, we've got religion you know, being prohibited, which was exactly the opposite of the intention of the founding fathers. But the point I'm getting to is I've, you know, perpetually been disappointed for about the last 30 years. Um, and a lot of people who proclaim to be, um, supporters of traditional American values, conservatives, Republicans, however you want to define it, um, who don't stand up uh, to the left on this issue. issue. And um, so anyway, you did. And I just wanted to point that out to our listeners. And certainly, I, I appreciate it. And I'm, I can assure you that that many, 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 many people do uh, the, in, in the, you know, the the silent majority, if you will. Um, now, I want to shift gears just a little bit and talk more practical politics um, you know, obviously, you're a close observer of of politics, not only in the local area, uh, but the national area. We're dealing with very very divided times right now. Um, you know, Donald Trump got elected in a in a, you know an extraordinary candidacy because of people are just so disillusioned with the the system, if you will. Especially Republicans disillusioned with elected Republicans, uh, conservatives disillusioned with elected conservatives. Yeah, I would attribute that largely to. The, to uh, you know, the Trump presidency. And, um, you know, I was one of the ones who enthusiastically uh, supported him, but just for the record. But what, what do you make now? Now, you're actually, my point is, my question is, you're, you are attempting to become a part of uh, the, the Republican, um, you know, um, establishment, if you will, or you'll not become an elected official. What, what, is, what is your take on this? And um, do you even agree with what I said? And, and, and if so, um, what, what would you do if you were elected in Tallahassee not, not to get sucked in to be one of the quote, establishment, insider-type type people?
2: Well, I think right off the bat, you could see that uh, my opponents in this race, cause some of them have already been funded by the special interests and, uh, for lack of a better word, the good old boys. And so, you know, look at the funding. You know, my funding's coming from the district and from the community. And, you know, I've been a Republican my whole life and have been heavily involved. But at the same time, I think it's important to look at someone's track record and what they what they stand for and what they've done. And there is no doubt that uh, you know, President Trump has done uh, – really put politics uh, upended because, I mean, again, there was no establishment support that uh, President Trump had and, you know, Senator-in-Chief. And I think what's important is to see who the establishment is fighting against. And so I, I feel you know, almost a kinship there because at the same time, uh, a lot of politics is about power and control. And and I, when I put my hand on that Bible, and I've been lucky and blessed to have done it twice as an elected official, to defend the Constitution, to serve the people to the best of my ability, it's all about the people and the communities that you serve. And I and I, and I know my track record shows that. And at the same time, I relationships are important. And, you know, you can't be a bomb thrower. You can't go up there and, uh, you know, create problems and create waves for the sake of creating waves. But what you can do is be an effective advocate for your community and always know that it's the people, the one that elected you and the one that you serve. And so that has been my guiding principle ever since I decided to run for public office to say what is best for the people. And I know my track record shows that I won't get sucked into it. I have a, you know, a wonderful wife, a new nine-month-old daughter named Reagan. And uh, so we are, we are blessed, and I, you know, my compass is pointing north, and we're always going to do what's best for the people. And, and, again, you work with special interests. You work with other elected officials on both sides of the aisle, and uh, they'll, they know that you know, I'm only going to do something that's going to benefit the people and the communities that we serve. And I think that we need more people to run for elected office that are you know, willing to you know, get into the trenches, but at the same time making sure that compass is always pointing north to do the right thing for the community and the people that they serve.
1: Well, thank you for joining us, spending some time with us on the Roger Franklin Williams show today. Friends, Mr. Bobby Oshefsky, candidate for the Florida legislature in the special election that's coming up on August 15th for House seat 44, which is in, generally speaking, the West Orange County area. Hey, it's always great to speak with you on and off the air, and thanks for joining us today.
2: Well, Roger, I appreciate it, and thank you for your listeners. And any information that you need, uh, please visit my website, com. And uh, for anyone listening, please vote Bobby O. on August 15th. And I appreciate your time, Roger. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Friends, Bobby Oshevsky, candidate for the Florida Legislature. It's always great to have candidates on our show. And, of course, this is the place where the candidates can come and the elected officials and have the opportunity to talk about their agenda, to talk about their their background, and their uh, achievements um, in just a, an open forum. So if there are other candidates out there like to join us, we would, of course, love to hear from you too. i going to go to break in just a moment. Before we do, I want to, of course, once again remind you that about our friend Dr. Patrick St. Germain, St. Germain Chiropractic and burnfatorlando.com. Dr. Patrick St. Germain has been voted best chiropractor for now five years in a row. Also, want to let you know about our friends over at Sheeler Auto Repair, Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos, especially if you're looking for a place that'll care for your car, truck, SUV, or other vehicle with old-school honesty, integrity, and dependability, I urge you to get over to see Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. No job is too big or too small for the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. In fact, that's where I take my car. They're located 1908 South Orange Boston Trail of Popta. 1908 South Orange Possum Trail of Hopcket, Ellen Roger Franklin Williams sent And we'll be right back with in just a moment on the Roger Franklin Williams Show, so please stay with us..
0: Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now here's Roger and this is my. Address.
1: Welcome back. Great to be with you today on the Roger Franklin Williams Show always enjoy this time, brief though it may be. We have a chance to get together every week. And, you know, it's always great to hear from you, too. It's always great. It's almost every uh, every week I run into somebody at the grocery store or the convenience store or whoever, um, maybe a Sheila auto repair, um, who says they listen to the show and they enjoy it. And uh, it's always great to get that kind of feedback. Also want to let you know that you can find out um, more. You can you know find me you know 24-7 on my Facebook page. I'm Fairly active on Facebook, promoting the shows and our guests and so forth. And so you can find me in a couple of different ways. Um, you know, Just uh, check out the Roger Franklin Williams uh, page on Facebook. And there's also a Roger Franklin Williams show page on Facebook as well. Um, I want to talk to you right now about a, an, um, an issue that got my attention. And I'd like to – I really want to talk more about this because it's um, – something that's really a hot button of mine for a variety of issues. Those of you who know me and have listened to the show for a while know that I have a real passion for history, tradition, legacy, for, for preserving, uh, uh, outstanding things that are good things, good things that are part of our community, uh, things that help the, our community become a better place or be a better place. And from my perspective, and I think, you know, those of us who follow this kind of thing closely from a lot of people's perspective, for some reason, um, you know, the elements of a community, things uh, about our world, even that oftentimes are good, that 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 bring light and joy and 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 just help help people be better people, help the community be a better community. Oftentimes under, come under attack, and oftentimes they're destroyed. Um, I guess the, the the quick phrase for it is call some place paradise, kiss it goodbye. Uh, but I what I want to talk about directly is the. The situation with Grand Avenue Elementary School in Orlando, it's not a high-profile issue. Uh, most of you probably haven't even heard of it or aware of it. There was an excellent article in the Orlando Sentinel several weeks ago by Leslie Postal, which I'll quote from. And uh, the crux of the issue is that there's a wonderful little elementary school in downtown Orlando. It goes back to the 1920s. Um, I'd always heard of you know, as a native of Orange County. I'd heard about it all my life, Grand Avenue elementary school. In fact, to me, even the name has a certain charm to it. Grand Avenue Elementary. Well, and I remember some years ago, as I was driving around uh, in uh, downtown Orlando, actually one of the, the more distressed neighborhoods, uh, I, I just happened to drive past it. And it was just almost like a sense of deja vu. It was like a movie taking a step back in time. And it was just uh, the beautiful architecture, um, in fact, there's an actual specific name for the architecture. I think it's uh, uh, Renaissance Revival or whatever, but I, I'll, I'll find that out more specifically. But it was that it, it, it was you know the school was built in the 1920s and it was built at a time when you didn't just have this um, prefab type buildings that were thrown up because you could build something you know quickly and cheaply. It, it was when a building was was really a, a work of art, if you will. A building was was carefully crafted, uh, carefully designed. Uh, the workmanship was was extraordinary. The architecture was distinct. And beautiful. You know, well, that was that's Grand Avenue Elementary School built in the 1920s. Well, in addition to just the beautiful building, beautiful old school building, they um, the neighborhood was, was 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 almost perfect. Now, it's it's a lower income neighborhood now. And um, but having said that, um, and certainly there's nothing wrong with lower neighborhood uh, you know neighborhood to begin with. But still, it was it was very quaint. It was um, red big streets. Uh, smaller houses, but but just it looked like the kind of neighborhood that, that where real people live and where real people have a real sense of, of community. And so anyway, there's what I'm getting to is that Grand Avenue, sadly, the last day of school um, a few weeks ago in Orange County was the last day for Grand Avenue Elementary. There, Orange County public Schools, some bean counter uh, or a bunch of bean counters and bureaucrats have decided to put an end to this, this wonderful school. And, you know, so much more uh, above and beyond what I've just shared with you, just about the the, the beauty of the architecture, the the quaintness uh, of of the of the neighborhood, of, of the local community that it served, is that the the teachers and the students here and the parents just had an extraordinary bond with the school. The students loved going there. The teachers loved teaching there. Um, the the principal, the the parents loved having their their kids go there. The kids loved going there. And um and, and and now I guess under under the uh, misguided, <laughs> um, you know, um, idea of efficiency, uh, this wonderful school is now being closed down. The the kids who were going there, elementary school kids who were loving their school, um, are going to have to be shipped over to some big box school. And also, this particular school only went through about the second or third grade, which I think is great because you know I think that's one thing that that's pretty much known throughout the private school arena is. Um, the smaller the classrooms, the smaller the schools, the, the more enhanced the, um, the learning experience. Uh, well, yeah, now these kids are going to be, uh, these 200 students are going to be shipped over to some bigger box school. They're going to be going to school with uh, middle schoolers as well. You're going to have kindergarten kids and first and second grade kids mixed in with middle school kids. And um, over on Paramore in a, to put it, high crime area. Um, and I just I just, you know, this is one of the things that really gets my attention and really upsets me. Because you've got this idyllic school doing, fulfilling the mission of public education perfectly. And so now uh, in, a, in a beautiful historic building, in a, in a, in a great old school Orlando neighborhood with a, with a true sense of community. And so now Orange County Public Schools is going to pull the plug on it. And I just think it's, it's just, I wanted to share that with you because I, I, I think that it's, it's, it's one more example of wrongheaded thinking, wrongheaded action by a bureaucracy in general. And, uh, and specifically the Orange County Public Schools bureaucracy. I'd just like to read with, uh, with uh, from this article from the Sentinel, just briefly with you. And it was just um, one of the, the parents said that as soon as my daughter walked out of the classroom, she just cried and cried and cried, uh, one of the parents said, I won't mention her name, about her seven-year-old on the last day of classes. She was really heartbroken. Uh, another parent, well, this same parent said... Grand Avenue School was like a second home for us. It was an amazing school. Everybody got together. Everyone knew everyone's name. And it goes, the article goes on to talk about there were weekly parent breakfasts. Uh, many of the parents volunteered, which is not the norm, by the way, at public school. There was another quote, the bonding, the teachers, everything was awesome uh, from, a, from what one of the parents had to say. And uh, another um, person, another parent, talked about how uh, Grand Avenue School was a place that, quote, made everyone feel comfortable. And, quote, even though the neighborhood is bad, when you went to the school, you had a kind of peace and quiet. Well, <laughs> not anymore, because the bureaucrats and bean crowners at Orange County Public Schools have decided to put, it, put an end to it. And send the kids over to some big box uh, school, the little kids, the, the kindergartners, the first graders, the second graders, where, you know, they undoubtedly some of them will be, will be harassed, picked on by streetwise, you know, 13 and 14 year olds. Um, and this is, you know, once again, this one I want to share with you This illustrates uh, a big part of the mission of the show, which is to preserve mission of, the, of our show is to preserve community, to preserve the good things in our community, to to salute and to um, uh, reward, if you will. Uh, those people that are making a positive difference in the lives of other people in our community, and the people at Grand Avenue School were doing that. The principal, the administrators, the teachers. In fact, they talked about one teacher. Um, in fact, I'll just quote a direct quote from this from the Sentinel article by Leslie Postal. It says, uh, "Felisa Chambers came first came to Grand Avenue as a student intern, right after right out of Fort AM University. Twenty three years later, she was still teaching there." Delighted with a school that focused on quote the whole child, and her quote about Grand Avenue School was the kids, the community, it was just like a second family. Well, '94, but not anymore because Orange County Public Schools wants to destroy it. <laughs> they want to uh, shut the school down, ship all the kids out, um, you know, ship them to a big box school, uh, better for the bottom line, more efficiency, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, this is something I wanted to share with you. Now, also, I wanted to to address. And I just wanted to to point this out as another example of of imp, as, as, as Central Florida, metro or however you want to define it, becomes bigger, um, more impersonal, uh, more corporatized, if you will, more suburbanized. These are the kinds of things that keep happening, and they and then tear at, at the at the the, the the foundation of the community. And I would just reason I want to share it with you because I know I know you know many of you like I know you. I know that you'll feel. The same way that I do, you'll be outraged by it, and um, I just want everybody to know how I feel about it. One other aspect, in addition to uh, the kids, and then another another thing I did want to point out about the school, is that uh, a decade ago, there was a decision made that the school would focus on the needs of young students, particularly early, early literacy skills, and they d- did an outstanding job of doing that. Uh, what's more central to the to the the ideal and mission of public education than to help Kids learn to read at an early age. Um, but any the building goes back to 1926, 1927. It was literally, a, it's literally an architectural uh, masterpiece. It's a, and, and the, the point I want to make about that is now it's under attack and it's very possible, very likely, because when uh, asked on the record, OCPS people, him and haw and give no straight answer. That's <laughs> so we know what that means. Uh, the building most likely will be torn down unless somebody steps up and does something about it. So they've already closed the school. You know, kindergarten kids, first grade kids, second grade kids who had a, a wonderful, idyllic community school um, to go to, which they loved, loved going to. Parents loved taking them there. Now they're going to be shipped over to some uh, uh, large school, a more impersonal school. That that part's already been been done. Now they want to tear the building down. And, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to, to stop him from tearing the building down. And I hope that, that you'll do the same. And there is an effort. We're going to connect. Uh, Mr. Uh, former City Commissioner Samuel Ings, from what I understand, is uh, involved in the effort to save the building at Grand Avenue School. Uh, we'll be supporting him in any way that we can in his efforts. And um, so anyway, and I encourage you to take your own initiative to, to uh, if you feel so led, to save the building uh, at Grand Avenue School, this beautiful historic building on Grand Avenue in Orlando. The city of Orlando, and to make your feelings known to Orange County Public Schools as well about this wrong headed, uh, disastrous decision they've made to close this wonderful school, this wonderful, positive part of our community, Grand Avenue Elementary. Well, that's our show today. I want to thank you for joining us.